Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, it's A Free Solution coming at you live on WYSL 1040 AM and 92.1 FM. It's also on WACK in Newark. Guys, I have a special guest coming up, but first, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's courage, guys. It's courage to continue that counts. And joining me today, Jim Ostrowski. Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, sir. How are you? Hey, I want to point out to everybody, number one, Jim and I did a show back on my page at Tim O'Connor for Liberty back in when I was running for New York State Senate. I think it was last March. You made a Supreme Court nomination list. If people had elected Joe Jorgensen, you would be serving on the Supreme Court. I think people need to know that about you. What do you think about that? Well, for one thing, I would have served free of charge because uh, I don't want to take any government money. <laughs> but no, it, 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 it I was an honor. Uh, I don't know how many, there's really not a lot of libertarian lawyers. So uh, I suppose it wasn't real hard to get on the list. But when I read the list, there were actually some pretty famous people on there. So I said that that would be a nice little bar association to join. <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. I think one of the things that fascinates me about you and all the work that you've done is how pro-Second Amendment you are, how unafraid you are to be pro-Second Amendment. You got any comments on that? Well, yeah, when I was in high school, I was kind of a liberal Democrat of that era, uh, supporting people on the left like Ramsey Clark, uh, Morris Udall. I met Cliff Robertson once because uh, he was helping out uh, Morris Udall. So it, I, I did read a book uh, by Robert Sherrill, which was largely pro-gun control, not entirely, um, where he had a, a picture, uh, the, the cover was, kind of suggesting that a gun is a phallic symbol and all that Freudian nonsense. Um, so I was, uh, I guess I was supportive of gun control. I didn't really grow up in a gun culture. My father's World War II carbine was in the closet. Nobody paid any attention to it one way or another. Uh, but we were from the city. I was, we didn't hunt. And um, yeah, I wasn't that familiar with the whole issue. But when I became a libertarian, you sort of, you're automatically pro-right to bear arms in the matter in a, in a way that's even stronger than, than whatever the Second Amendment is going to say. So uh, my main interest in the issue is showing, uh, and I did a book on this uh, uh, called The Second Amendment Works, uh, and what the, the point I'm trying to make is that the whole issue's been misconceived. It's not about, you know, does the person have a right to have a gun to defend himself from street crime or burglary, and then how does that work out with all the cost-benefit analysis? That's not really what it's about at all. What it's about is in a in a republic where the people are sovereign, uh, if they
things get out of control, the people need to reassume their sovereignty and, as Jefferson said, alter or abolish the government. Hey, so how are they going to do that without these guns? Second. And so, Jim, if you, when people hear that, they automatically get nervous. They automatically get terrified, right? So how do we, how do we sell that concept to them? All we're saying is you have the right to defend yourself, you have the right to protect yourself, and you have the right to take back your government. Why is that a big deal? Well, yeah, I, I, and I understand. Well, first of all, the the argument, I mean, you don't hear this argument in school. Even if you go to private school, the curriculum is more or less controlled by the, by left progressives. So they don't, they're not really familiar with the argument. Um, and it's all fleshed out in the book. The book is very short and uh, very readable. So the Second Amendment deters government tyranny, um, and it does so peacefully. Well, how does that work? Well, I'll give you a concrete example. Burma, Myanmar, they just had a coup. Well, why did they have a coup? Because the army knows the people don't have any guns. So they had a coup, and there's actually a, a statistical correlation between coups d'etat and low levels of civilian firearm ownership in countries. And, and that's a study that, as far as I know, my research on that is original. I read all the books, or not all, but many of the books on coups, and somehow they didn't seem to notice the issue of firearms ownership. So if you want to have a lot of coups, um, take all the, the, the guns of the people away. Yes, yeah, so let me way, jump in again. A coup is when the military takes over the government and institutes a militaristic regime, generally authoritarian in nature, correct? Right, right. So okay. there, if we haven't had a coup in the United States. I know there's a lot of sort of propaganda about January 6th. Insurrection. That, that was not a coup, I assure you. You know, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't show up to a coup with, uh, with, a, hand, with a sign in your hand, you know, uh, so we, we haven't had a coup. We did have a civil war. Uh, we haven't had, we only had one foreign invasion, which, by the way, was was uh, repelled by a very large militia of uh, people with their private uh, guns. That was the war of 1812. So we, we is that, have the is that when the Canadians arguably, marched down to the White House and burned it to the ground? Yeah, well, in, in, in the British, too. So, uh, but the, the militia was very important in repelling that, as they were important in winning the Revolutionary War in the first place. The militia kind of gets a bad press from people who want, you know, big government, obviously. Uh, libertarians, of course, including libertarians at the time, always favored the militia because they both standing army. They, they were right, of course. Libertarians are right in everything, right? So, yes, uh, they the, are. The Absolutely, point that sir. To people is that the, the widespread civilian gun ownership creates political stability without firing a shot. And politeness. Because the government knows they can't push the people around. They won't even try because, let's face it, you know, when I know Biden and the other congressman talked about nuclear war. That's so silly. Um, if there was a fight between the federal government and the people, um, my opinion is that the people would win very quickly. Guess who else believed that? James well, Madison. The founding the fathers believed that, correct. So, yeah, I think you yeah. knew a little bit about what, what was going on. So uh, the Second Amendment right to does deter government tyranny.
tyranny. It is essential to a Republican form of government. And, and I, I'll give you two questions that I actually asked two separate courts in the last three years. Okay, you may say, well, we don't need uh, uh, right to bear arms anymore because we have democracy. And so I asked the one judge who ultimately wrote, wrote the decision against us in the fiscal department case. I said, what if they cancel the election? And, of course, that was a rhetorical question because you don't get to ask judges questions. And then the other in the fourth department of Rochester, the case I actually won, um, on a different issue, I said, uh, you know, you, you can have protests in the streets. What if they start shooting you dead, like in Venezuela? And again, there's no answer to these. And in, in, in the book, I, there's a chart of all the shootings of mass protesters. There's a chart of all the canceled and, and, and what I call collapsed democracies, including Nazi Germany was a collapsed democracy, Castro, uh, Mussolini. Uh, there's some really interesting uh, things in there about history that kind of tie everything together. So um, hopefully people, people pick up uh, a copy of the book. It's, it, it's priced really cheap uh, because uh, although I make part of my living selling books, this is really important, and I really deliberately discount the price. And on Kindle, I think it's like 3 bucks. If you don't have 3 bucks to figure out why we have the most stable political regime in, in, in you know, the world, then right. I guess you just don't care about it. Um, so didn't I would like to call attention to something you recently did? did didn't you have a brief it put before the uh, Supreme Court? Yeah, we uh, I filed years ago, 2015. We filed a case called Erie County uh, Libertarian Party v. Uh, Cuomo to challenge the New York Fiscal Department laws, and we got there were some delays. The delays were not our fault, and, and in some cases, not even the judges. But it took a long time to wind its way through. And finally, uh, we, we got up to the Second Circuit, and we lost there as expected. And then we filed in the Supreme Court. Now, Nate Serpa, uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol, represented by the biggest law firm in the world, Kirkland Ellis of Chicago, um, they got in about two months before we did, and they actually got cert granted. And I argued in, in my reply that, hey, you know, just because somebody has the biggest law firm in the world doesn't mean they should get in and we don't, because, frankly, our argument is better. Because we made the government tyranny argument that I just alluded to, and that's a stronger argument to support the right of public carry. All right. So, hey, but, Jim, let me, you know, let me jump in. Guys, it's WYSL, the voice of liberty in Avon, Rochester, and WACK. We're heading to a break. Hopefully, Jim, you're going to hang out and have some more conversation. I have a local case that I want to call your attention to and kind of put that out there for everyone to talk to. So please take our, listen to our sponsors and join us after the break. Thank you very much. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. 
Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Free solution. Hey, it's me, your host, Tim O'Connor, broadcasting from the center of New York State. Even though I'm reaching out to Rochester and Avon on WYSL and out in Newark on WACK. Avon. I'll get it right one of these times, guys. Thank you for bearing with me. Guys, there's some, again, we had a little audio problem on the internet, but guys, we're live on the radio and that has to take precedence. Um, but we're also available all over the internet on the YouTube pages on Tim O'Connor for Liberty, uh, on a free solution, both on YouTube. So thank you all for joining me. Join me today, potential Supreme Court nominee, future Supreme Court nominee if we elect a libertarian, Jim Ostrowski. We're talking the Second Amendment. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about liberty. And we're talking about how proactive Jim is in making these things happen. So Jim, if you don't mind, first of all, you quoted Mo Udall. That guy was pretty awesome. He had some funny stuff going on. He's the guy that said... He was a funny guy. Yes, if I run, I will run to Mexico. If I get elected, I will fight extradition. And honestly, man, I brought that up with Kevin a couple weeks ago. I have a blast with that guy. Locally, right here in Sydney, New York, it's about 25 minutes away. Um, A young guy, compared to me and you, and I'm, you know, got arrested for a number of violations, among which are violations of ghost gun issues and violation yep. of um, co- magazine capacity issues. Where, what do you, do you have any comments, general comments about those particular laws? Like, what do we say about ghost guns? Um, so if you, you know, I, my view is that you have to ground the Second Amendment in in its purpose, which is to deter government tyranny. So any restrictions on the right to bear arms would, would have to be extremely limited. And so I would see that if that doctrine was accepted by the court, and of course they, they didn't reject my argument, but they rejected the case, um, possibly I might get back up there if, if they reverse uh, the case they did take, and then I go back to the circuit and so on. So that argument's not completely dead. But the way I view it, uh, there's always going to be some gray area around the, the boundaries of the Second Amendment. But in my view, if that doctrine was adopted, you wouldn't need a license to have a handgun, and you'd be able to have a semi-automatic rifle of your choosing and the ammunition uh, that you want. So um, they would be able to restrict, say, people prone, you know, with, with an actual record of violence, uh, and something along those lines from yeah. from having firearms. So yeah, me, um, everything else. Can I add a detail or two for you? Just because I really want I want our our listeners to digest it. I know people are very interested in this case. Um, he, this young man, this this guy is a uh, convicted of a felony. And the felony that he was convicted of was having an unregistered gun 
and injuring himself. He didn't injure anybody else. He isn't a robber. It was several years ago. Um, probably that affects his standing. What do you say? Well, yeah, uh, felons are not allowed to have guns. Now, Judge Coney Barrett, uh, when she was on the Court of Appeals, she said that that felony rule constitutionally should be limited to violent crimes. I certainly agree with that. Um, Me too. Sounds like he was convicted of an imaginary, what I call an imaginary crime. I say imaginary crime because when you say victimless crime, you get into this side argument about, well, you don't understand the, the, there are victims here. Now, well, yeah, there are. They're, yes. they're, that, that's a word game. So to avoid the word game, I just call something an imaginary crime, which is a crime that somebody's made up in their head in some state legislature. So yeah. it's not a crime well, unless I agree. violence or So one of the things I'm hearing from you, and maybe you can help me out, like, registration, gun registration is illegal on its face. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to ramble for a second. Gun registration may be illegal on its face if, if you win your argument and you get this document um, read into law. So what happens with this guy whose original conviction involved an unregistered gun and accidentally injuring himself? Like, that's not violence, is it? And you also... Registered, I'm, I'm thinking you're meaning unlicensed. Unlicensed. Uh, well, the, I think the way a, it was presented was unregistered in the article that I read. But that, it could mean unlicensed. I think he, I think they probably meant on on license because that that would actually be the charge. So, no, you don't need a license to exercise the constitutional right, or else I would have to get a license before I went on the show with you to exercise right. my First Amendment right. So um, that that you know, it, let me ask you this: Has this case gone to the grand jury yet? I don't believe it has. This is very recent. We're talking. I think the arrest happened last week. Uh, The 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 date on it is July 9th. So, yeah, the arrest happened last week. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things we're trying to get out there, and I I can't comment on any particular case, but um, people need to understand that if they're on a grand jury, they do not have to indict anybody. Now, that's, that's kind of a big secret, and the prosecutors don't want you to know, and the judges don't want, by and large, don't want you to know. I once made a motion to have the judge instruct in a gun case the grand jury that they don't have to indict this lady, and he refused to do it. That's actually the state of the law, if you look at the criminal procedure law of the state of New York. So unlike trial juries, where they claim that the jury has to follow the judge's instructions on the law, that's actually unconstitutional right now. So listen, my brain pops all over the place. I remember from our original conversation... Grand juries also have the opposite power, right? Like any grand jury in New York State could offer Andrew Cuomo an indictment. Isn't that correct for his malfeasance in the nursing home situation? I think that was from our conversation back last year. Grand grand juries do have the right to investigate. Uh, It gets kind of complicated. They can file charges, but at some point, I think the the DA might be able to short-circuit the charge. Um, But... Grand juries have a lot of power, but the basically their instrumentalities of the of the district attorney, and, and it's just an interesting concept that Rothbard pointed out that every every constitutional mechanism to restrain government uh, is often turned around and used to make government more powerful. So grand juries, <laughs> the purpose True. is to restrict government. They've been used to enhance the power of the government. That's the, that's the problem of relying on 
um, government to protect our liberty. And the, the, really, the founders, uh, the reason why they, they had the, the, the uh, they proposed the Second Amendment, they knew that government was a dangerous uh, monopoly of force, and they wanted to have the citizenry uh, have some check on that power. I agree. I, I And I understand where you're coming from. Um, so basically, when we get down to it here, when I look at this case, and I, I and I know you you can does this does this kid have a defense here? Like, what do you think? Can we can we? Well, I'm well, trying to call I'll attention to it. Brutally, I guess this case. I'll be brutally honest with you. Since since Heller and McDonald, the Second Amendment cases, not a single New York court has cited Heller and McDonald to strike down any law. So, in the New York State court system, until the Supreme Court. Uh, does something to shake it up, which they, they may in fact do about six months from now. Um, he, he's dead in the New York courts. Once, once you get past, I mean, once you get past the grand jury, that's why I'm emphasizing the grand jury. Um, and then um, it's got to get into federal court on a criminal case. You have to go all the way up to the, through the state courts to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court only takes about 150 cases a year. It's almost impossible to get up there. So um, the best shot that anybody has in New York who's charged with an imaginary crime is to go to the grand jury. Now, lawyers are trained not to do that. I think that's a mistake. Uh, but everything has to be evaluated on a case-to-case basis. Usually in a gun case, everybody already knows the person possessed the gun. So what what incriminating evidence is the, is the defendant going to give by testifying and at the grand jury and saying, hey, I have a constitutional right to bear this uh, this weapon. So that that would be something that uh, I think people should, should try. Uh, but that's up to the client and the attorney. But people need to understand that under the law of the state of New York, the grand jury is not required to return an indictment. And that's, again, a big secret. I'm assuming that thousands of people are hearing this for the first time right now. And every time yeah. I say that, I, I'm sure that it's the first time that many people have ever heard that. I, I agree with you that this is hearing hearing about the power or the lack of power or the ability to nullify charges at the grand jury level. People do not talk about that often enough. Um, I got a comment coming in from online, my buddy Andrew Hamill. He says, here's the problem with trying to take Cuomo to court. And guys... Jim, hopefully you'll stick with me for another one. Um, Cuomo controls the courts, and that's a fact, guys. We're on a free solution. We're heading into the bottom of the hour break. Thank you, Jim. If you want to hang out for another segment, please do. If you can't, I understand. Live on WYSL and WACK.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Hey, it's me, Tim O'Connor, your host on Thursdays every day on a free every Thursday on a free solution. I also do Fridays, normally with Kevin Wilson. But tomorrow's guest, co-host actually, let's call him, Sean Hannon out of the Syracuse, New York area. He's the Onondaga County chairperson. He's a, has a lot of fun when he does these things. He has his own podcast. So we're going to get into what Jim's been doing, what Jim, Jim has going on. But I want to point out I am hawking an imaginary product at Tim O'Connor for Liberty on Facebook. And we're calling it New Improved Virtue Sauce. It's perfect for politicians. It's perfect for barbecues. And it is now loaded with vitamin D. Jim, I think we had a caller during the break who actually wants some information about how to get a, a, your podcast, B, your books. I mean, you have a lot of information out yep. there, and people want to know how to actually help you out. Yep. So can you go into that sure. a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm very active on Facebook. It should be easy to find me, Jim Ostrowski, in Buffalo just search. I'm on Twitter at Jim Ostrowski. All my books are on Amazon. There's seven of them. I'm hoping to get two more books out this year. I'm working on a book called Free the Children. It's kind of a sequel to government schools are bad for your kids. I'm doing something interesting. Hopefully it's interesting. Um, I'm allowing people on locals.com. I think it's Liberty Moving. That's like a premium account. Um, If they become uh, supporters, they can actually read the manuscript. Um, A couple weeks ago, I had a couple thousand words. I have 9,000 words now working really fast on it. And uh, people can actually read it, critique it. For whatever it's worth, see how somebody, you know, writes a book from scratch um, to completion. So you're looking for some uh, collaboration from people out there on your next book project. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a blast. I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's something where are you going to get that from another writer? I don't think you can. And uh, I think hopefully it would be an interesting experience. might inspire people to... uh, See, you know, uh, I mean, maybe I can write a book uh, to see how it's done. Um, and I, I don't know if I can explain to people how, how to write a book, but I, they can certainly watch me write it. And maybe they can figure out whatever whatever works for me, if it works for me. I, I hope it works for me because I've been writing for 42 years. I was actually a professional writer, meaning paid before I was a lawyer. So I've been doing this a long time. And uh, I'm wor- I'm actually working on a project. Uh, there's a there's a town me- town hall meeting tonight uh, on uh, separating the states. That's at stateof.greaterwestnewyork.com. You have to register. 
Can, can you say that again, how, how people yeah, get little, to this? Little, yeah, it's, it's stateof.greaterwesternnewyork.com, and I'm on with uh, Senator Borrello and Senator Hawley, so, uh, and, and, and little old me. It's kind of funny, because normally I don't mix with, the, with the, you know, uh, elected officials. Sometimes They're dealing they with a, a potential Supreme Court nominee here. I think that you're yeah, actually the yeah. class act in the room, and that's the way it's got to be. That's how you got to present it, Jimmy. I'm here. To, I'm going to yeah, be your publicist, the, buddy. The funny thing is, my father was a judge, a, a state Supreme Court uh, judge. So I, I feel like, uh, and I told my kids, they're banned from going to law school. So one judge in the family was enough, and two lawyers. <laughs> That's plenty. Nobody wants that. So one of your books here is separating the state from the school. Was that? Did I hear that correctly? I want. I want to. Blow, uh, let's blow off this topic for a few minutes because this is a yeah, great topic. One of my first. One of my first books that that kind of I, I wrote it so early on. I wasn't really that great at marketing. I'm still not that great, but like my my book on progressivism has sold very well. I'm, I've just been better known and. There's more social media, but government schools are bad for your kids. I think it was 2003, and that one was kind of got in before the issue got hot. And I'm, I'm writing this sequel, which contains an interesting political strategy for how to um, advance the cause of, of freeing our children. So that, I'm really hoping to highlight the original book, which gives a sort of a trial lawyer's brief on why you should pull your kids out of the school. It's, it's, it's not particularly ideological. It's very factual. Like, the first chapter is crime. I think the second chapter is drugs, and the third chapter is sex. I mean, yeah. and, and these are all um, statistical, you know, and, 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 and anecdotal uh, evidence of what goes on in the, in the schools. And they've only yeah. gotten worse. And, and, and the sequel, Free the Children, um, I'm not going to give the whole title because i got to keep create some suspense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, I'm, yeah, and, and uh, hopefully that'll draw some interest in the original book. And it's very timely. I talk about critical race theory, of course. Of I course, to, yeah, it definitely. And I have my own little take on it. I explain why education is not a right of the service. That, that I wanted. Of, I got an anecdote. I want to dump in your lap. It's from my personal life. Okay, so bear with me. I got. A, I got two kids. One's graduating this year. One's going to graduate in about two years. The government response to COVID, my 15-year-old my was an avid student. He's an avid athlete. He, he, he was so into school. But the government response to COVID has changed his outlook on what school is supposed to do for him and how much he wants to participate yeah. in it. Can we be surprised by that? They, they totally dialed uh, themselves back. No. Uh, well, look, my, my daughter graduated from college in her bedroom. Uh, my yeah. son went to college in what his bedroom that? for a year. What we've done to young people who are not particularly affected by this, this is an illness that, and I had it, my wife had it. I drove 2,000 miles with it. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. It wasn't fun. Right. But uh, it's mainly an issue of people who are uh, uh, already ill or people who are elderly. Um, in fact, even for some very healthy elderly people, we're fine. So um, we didn't need to, to do any of this lockdown. The lockdown has been a c- catastrophe. It's caused the crime wave. It's caused the suicide wave. Um, it's, it's, Hang it's on. I want to – I, I apologize for interrupting you, but we sometimes we yeah. libertarians can just assume because we're dealing with the smartest people in the room, okay, and that's with all due respect to everybody else. But when you yeah. get to 
the government response to COVID caused a crime wave, the only people that are saying that are libertarians. And I, I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe there's some conservatives out there saying it. Maybe there's a few left-leaning folks that are saying that. But the government response to COVID, it, it's directly responsible for this spike in violent crime, this spike in strange, bizarre activities. We've got guys driving around cutting catalytic converters off cars and pointing guns at people right here in Otsego County. So well, I just want everyone to understand when you say something as big as the government response to COVID caused this crime spike, we have reason to believe it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not self-evident. But when you disrupt, here's the thing, when you disrupt society, all sorts of unintended consequences are going to happen. You lock people up. You lock young people up. Um, They're not in school. They're in somebody's basement, you know, maybe smoking weed or something like that. And and in that type of environment, um, there's going to be more aberrant aberrant behavior. Uh, Let me give you a factoid that probably hardly anybody knows. George Floyd was laid off because of the lockdown. George Floyd was laid off because of the lockdown. Now, that's an example of, and he had a a, a tragic death that that created riots for like six, eight months. Um, That's a good example of when you start monkeying around with society the way it's been for about, you know, 5,000 years where we don't lock people up in the home. And we allow people the freedom to go out in the marketplace and pursue a, a living and other and other activities. You're going yeah. to create weird, unintended consequences, and, and I think that the crime we could go into in great detail once if we had more time. But I, I am I have no doubt in my mind the disruption of young people's lives, the dis- disruption of, of the economy, um, the uh, interference with normal law enforcement uh, because the, the the police have been. think we we just saw a stat come out recently 30 percent more drug overdoses in 2000 in the last 12 months than ever before 30 yeah, percent be. than the year before I, and that's because we've I taken purpose away from kids we've locked them in their homes all they have to do to feel like a criminal is go outside and try to hang out with their friends they get excoriated by their communities they get beat up on by their by their nervous neighbors i can't even how do we how do we not change this guys we're coming up on a break again i jim if you want to stay for one more i'd love to have you we've got a lot going on shout out hello doreen watching us on the internet it's w-a-c-k and w-y-s-l and we're heading into a break check out our sponsors this is tim o'connor Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. 
They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Guys, it's Tim O'Connor, and today's free solution is Jim Ostrowski. Join me for a conversation about the Second Amendment, about school choice, about separating the state from our school, about even we touched on CRT. And guys, he, he amazingly, and I appreciate him, has decided to hang out for one more sec- segment. But I do have some bookkeeping issues I want to take care of. First of all, coming up this weekend at the Desmond Hotel in Albany, The Libertarian Party is having its first in-party meeting since the COVID lockdowns and since we became an official, legitimized state party. And I serve on the JD6 uh, committee. I don't even know what all this stuff means, but I'm going to be at the uh, cocktail party on Saturday and I'm going to be at the state meeting on Sunday. The cocktail party on Saturday is going to be a big, huge fundraiser. We're going to make tons of money. We're going to help people, libertarians who want to run for office, get ballot access and do petitioning and things like that. So if you guys want to join us, all you have to do is reach out to me on Facebook or the esteemed and dedicated Cody Anderson. There's other people that can help you out if you know a libertarian and you want to attend this cocktail party. Just let me know, okay? Tomorrow, joining me, and unfortunately, Kevin can't do it because him and I have a blast on Fridays. You guys know that. But Sean Hannon, the illustrious, the dedicated, the esteemed, and the chair of the Onondaga Libertarian Party is going to join me for Fake News Friday. We're going to solve some mysteries about COVID because, guys, the mainstream media, as Jim has been pointing out all day, the mainstream media does not solve problems, does not offer you real interpretations of situations. And, guys, Jim Ostrowski is no stranger to WYSL. He's on the... um, NRA, or I'm sorry, the Second Amendment show that they do on Saturday mornings. Jim, welcome back. Thank you for hanging out for one more segment. It's sure. beyond appreciated, brother. I, I got some work done during one of the breaks, so I'm on schedule with my law practice. Beautiful, man. Make sure you bill for that, and then you can bill, bill for my time as an assistant, right? Isn't that how this works? Uh, I'll figure no. it out. I'll figure it out. Just don't <laughs> okay. tell the so where did we leave off, man? I know I, I we get I get kind of bouncing around, and I get guys. I'm still so excited to be living this childhood dream of being a radio show announcer and being live on the internet, and I'm living my best life right now. So I can lose well, track pretty on, easily. I'm working on I'm working on so many different projects. I I've never been busier uh, as a as a libertarian. As uh, we were talking before the show, another thing I'm working on is uh, I'm working on a program. Um, to try to get um, people in the libertarian movement together with people in the black community. And I'm probably going to do that in Buffalo. I probably will do it. If, if it works in Buffalo, I'm going to try to replicate it down the, down the New York State Thruway um, and bring it to Rochester, Syracuse, et cetera. And I'm working on that. That should be probably happening in August. And that, that's an exciting project because there's, there's two groups that it's like two ships that pass in the night. And We're like so I'm close on so them. many things, right? 
Maj yep. Tour was just yep. on uh, Fox News. Do you know who Maj Tour is, guys? I'll tell you. He's the Black Guns oh. Matter guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's on yeah, there, I, yeah. and we're listening to him say, gun control is racism. And it's been far too long since we've had that conversation, okay? Going back to the 70s and the 80s, we, we were having that conversation. Maj Tour is bringing that conversation back. And so are guys like Jim Ostrowski, yep. apparently. Let's hear it, bud. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, it's pretty clear that the 14th Amendment was motivated in part because the, uh, uh, the, uh, the southern states were taking guns away from uh, black people uh, so that they couldn't defend themselves against the you know, KKK and other, other groups of that, of that nature. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely true what he said. And it, it's interesting, uh, everybody's talking about gun violence and so on. If you look at the communities that have the fewest guns per capita, I believe that is the, the black community. Now, if you're the criminal element in the black community, as we all know, has access to guns. What I'm yeah. the point I'm making is that the working class, the law-abiding uh, uh, average black person, generally speaking, does not is not as likely to own a gun. And and again, you see the. Um, the consequences of that. Um, yeah. It's very clear, as I argued in my legal briefs over the years, that the reason why there's so many muggings in New York City is it's almost impossible to get a handgun. I was the victim of uh, attempted mugging. I broke up a mugging, and I, I've seen other muggings raped yeah. in front of you on the street. Because they the have, criminals know the person is not armed. They have laws in New York City where if your gun is outside of your house for more than an hour and a half, you're going to be charged with some sort of major crime. I... I it's, Obviously, it's that contributes to problems. Well, that's that's what gun control is all about. Rich people, the elite, they're always going to have guns. They're always going to have access to weaponry. Be they they pay a security guard with a gun, or they have their own weaponry, and, and then they dump it in our laps and they beat up on us with what crazy charges like we're seeing against this guy uh, that I mentioned earlier, which I think. Yeah. already look like an overcharge to me, but I'm not a lawyer. Jim's a lawyer. And again, gun control will be enforced through racism, through economic bigotry, and we need to fix that. We need to get in front of it. And we need more people like Maj Tour and Jim Ostrowski yeah. saying that yeah. in a clear, compassionate, and rational way. Absolutely. Uh, can I mention one other thing I'm, I'm uh, working on? Uh, I, I am speaking in Batavia on Sunday at a rally for medical choice. We had one in... Uh, we had one in uh, Buffalo, right in the heart of, of uh, the left-wing community. And uh, guess what? Antifa didn't show up. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> like that. On, Imagine like that. Small group. And they're, they're not a fan of, 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 of my work, I can tell you. Uh, they go online posting about me uh, quite frequently, uh, mostly, mostly live. The true stuff is good stuff, in my opinion, but... They make up stuff, too. So that's Batavia uh, Sunday, 1 to 3, Rally for Medical Choice. It's at Williams Park on Pearl Street. Williams Park says, uh, on Pearl Street. Williams Park on Pearl, Batavia. Uh, From 1 to 3 on Sunday. Yeah. I have, I have friends out in Batavia. They may, maybe the, we can get some of them to show up. That would be great. Yeah, it, 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 it's an anti mandatory vaccination. If you want to get a vaccination, we're not going to stop you. We don't want people compelled to do it. Like, yeah. And really, the, the big issue is, uh, and I'm not going to get a vaccine unless you, well, bring an army with you. But, yes. you know, my son goes to college, and his son does that off. But John Carroll, my, 
Yeah, are you are you up to speed on the news? Uh, Geraldo Rivera is now an expert on vaccines, and he's saying that you should not be allowed to go shopping, you should not be allowed to go to stores, you should not be allowed to go to work. So he's talking about all sorts of layers of multiple layers of government force to force you to get your vaccine. Geraldo Rivera, everybody, just the expert I want. That's evil, and you know. All I can say is make my day. <laughs> well, well, I don't think he actually means it that way, ladies and gentlemen. But I get it, man. Like, why do right, why right. do right. how does Geraldo Rivera get elevated to this position field. of people actually post his thoughts about where he's at on the on the vaccination list? Not nonsense. Stop listening to guys like that. I I can't stand it. Well, again. We have the right to control our own, our own health decisions. If you want to get vaccinated, do the research. Don't listen to unreliable sources. And make a rational cost-benefit judgment based on your health, your age, your risk factors. I've already had it. I'm not going to, you know, I, I have as much immunity as the vaccine as you try to tell me differently. Send me a scholarly study. I read these things all the time and look for my job. I have to cross-examine medical experts. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to get it done unless somebody changes my mind with some better evidence than I already have. But no one should be forced to do it. That's silly. I don't even I don't agree with force at, on any level, and and even the level of like trying to convince me by giving me a free donut or giving me a lotto ticket. Okay, guys, that only makes me more suspicious. And guys, we're heading down to the end of the show. I gotta thank Jim Ostrowski for participating with me. We've done a great live before. Please share this around to your friends. Remember, the Libertarian Party is having a cocktail party. We need to raise money. Please join us online. Please join us at the Desmond in Albany. We have lots of work to do. We have to bring liberty and happiness back to the masses. We've got to make liberty a household word. Thank you, Jim Ostrowski, for everything that you have done. Thank you all for joining us today. W-A-C-K and W-Y-S-L. Thank you guys as well. Have a great day.